life often gets really messy. And we at this Advent and Christmas season look to the beauty and all of the gifts wrapped up perfectly and we work so hard to get everything in our life together. But reality is that most of us are dealing with a lot of messiness in life. The Barrows said it so well that joy does not come from circumstance. Joy comes that knowing whatever messy stuff we are in the midst of, God is there at times holding us up, at times pushing us, at times pulling us through, but God is with us, and that's the good news. So we're going to talk about this messiness of Advent and Christmas. Kevin was telling me a story earlier this week about a friend of his who was telling him about a a new diagnosis and all of the messiness that comes with that. And he said, you know, Kevin, this just wasn't on the agenda. We all have an agenda. We have our life dreams, our goals, our hopes. And most often, life doesn't go exactly like We want it to. And most often, you and I are caught in this place of, that just wasn't on the agenda. So we're going to deal with that today. Because you see, life doesn't go as planned. And and Jesus came into a life, a world of messiness. And that's what we remember during Advent season when we are remembering yet again the coming of Jesus Christ. He didn't come into a perfect world. He came into a world that was full of sin. People were doing their own thing. It was where people were broken and hurting and searching. A lot of people were in despair and had very little hope. So in a lot of ways... Over 2,000 years ago wasn't a lot different than our messiness of today. Jesus came into the messiness of life here on earth. He didn't come as a king in a palace. He came unexpectedly. He was born in a cave. And you know I have to emphasize the fact that it was stinky and smelly in there. Mary... Mary's agenda was changed. As a young teenage girl, I, I surely believe that she had hopes and dreams and agenda. And then, in her obedience to God, her entire life changed. And, and believe, you, believe it, it got messy. She didn't know whether she was going to be allowed to live or not. Because here she was, an unmarried, pregnant teenager. Joseph had his agenda. He was betrothed. He was pledged to be married to this young girl. Can't you imagine what his life goals were, his hopes and his dreams? There again, most everything changed. What about Mary's parents? They were raising up a child in the way she should go, teaching her God's law. And she comes home and says, you won't believe this, but I'm with child. I have a sense that they said, "Mm mm-hmm, 
It wasn't on the agenda. Think about after Jesus was born. <clears throat> King Herod said, get him killed. So they had to leave. They had to be refugees seeking asylum, seeking sanctuary, seeking safety in Egypt. That too wasn't what they had planned. All of these unknowns. See, to me, I'll just share personally, Advent's a really tough time of the year for me. I don't suffer from full-blown depression, but I get the blues. And that's not on the agenda. Not for somebody who's in the church doing ministry and and being busy and, and making sure that you understand this good news of great joy. But I get the blues. It's tough. It's messy. There's nothing pretty about it. Each one of you can name right now the messiness of your life. Each one of you has some of these unknowns. We aren't guaranteed this agenda and life is going to go bump, bump, bump like this. So what do we do with those unknowns and how do we claim the joy when we have so much uncertainty in our lives? In fact, when everything's off kilter, when there is uncertainty, where's the joy in that? I'm going to go back to an old classic because this is going to help us. One of my favorites, Linus, is going to help us. Yes, I really don't know what Christmas is all about. Isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? Sure, Charlie Brown. I can tell you what Christmas is all about. Watch what he does with his blanket. Lights, please. And there were in the same country shepherds, abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them. And the glory of the Lord shone round about them. And they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not. For behold, I bring you tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God, and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. That's what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. Did you catch it? This was something new for me. I had never seen it before. But when he said, Fear not. He dropped his security blanket. To me, that's the answer to having joy during the messiness of life. Fear not, because I believe that the joy of the Lord is our strength and is our security blanket. I believe that that's what we are called to cling on to during this Advent season. I want to go to an Old Testament story that I think will help it, it help you understand this. It's, it's the story in the book of Nehemiah, and that's a whole book about 
rebuilding. You see, the, the, the Jewish people had been in exile in Babylon, and many of them had given up their lives. Many of them had died. And there was a remnant, a small number of them left, who came back to Jerusalem. And they were going to get resettled to, to be a part of their home where their ancestors had, had lived. They were, as Scripture says, full of sadness of heart. They had experienced great trouble and disgrace. They were disgraced because the wall and the gate had been destroyed. Their homeland had been destroyed. So let's see what this will teach us. Starting Nehemiah chapter 8, starting with the fifth verse. Ezra, the priest, opened the book, opened the scripture. All the people could see him because he was standing above them. And as he opened it, the people all stood up. Ezra praised the Lord, the great God. All the people lifted their hands and responded, Amen! Amen! Then they bowed down and worshipped the Lord with their faces to the ground. They read from the book of the law of God, making it clear and giving them meaning so that the people could understand what was being read. Then Nehemiah the governor, Ezra the priest and scribe, and the Levites who were instructing the people said to them all, This day is sacred to the Lord your God. Do not mourn or weep. For all the people had been weeping as they listened to the words of the law. See, I want to insert here that they were weeping because as the word of God was read, they were convicted. They recognized, they realized that they were messed up, sinful, broken people. They were crying, thinking that there's no use here. I have no worth. There is no hope for us. But yet, when they had remorse for their sin, they could experience joy. So, going on with verse 10, Nehemiah said, Go and enjoy choice food and sweet drinks. In other words, rejoice in the Lord your God. And send some to those who have nothing prepared. Hmm. Share with our neighbors. How about that? This day is sacred to our Lord. Do not grieve, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. The Levites calmed all the people, saying, Be still, for this is a sacred day. Do not grieve Then all the people went away to eat and to drink, to send portions of food to others, and to celebrate with great joy, because now they understood the words that had been made known to them. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. All right, so what does this teach us? What does this help help us to, to focus on during this messy season of Advent. First of all, I think it reminds us that we have to acknowledge and confess our sins. We are sinful, broken people, and we are pretty messed up. So we acknowledge our sins, and then immediately we are cleansed from our unrighteousness. We are forgiven. We receive God's forgiveness, and when that happens, then we gain the strength and security in the Lord that we need. You see, as I've been 
reminding us as we travel this road to Bethlehem, we try to do our own thing. We veer away. We get so caught up in our fears and our doubts and our worries and our anxieties. We get caught up in all of the other stuff, the circumstances, and we, we don't choose to keep our eyes focused on the Lord. And that's what's going to give us our strength. That's where the joy comes. Now, how did the Jewish people do it? It came through, first of all, worship. Now more than ever, as we head toward the busyness of the last week before Christmas, my friends, you and I, we need to be about the business of worship. And like I've said before, I know it's a theme, but it's not just here on Sunday morning. How are you going to worship in your daily life? How are you going to say, Jesus, I need you. You are my security blanket. I need you. Draw me closer to you. It comes secondly from study. If you can only do a little bit of devotion in the morning, that's better than nothing. Will you commit to 10 minutes in the word of God? God will use that 10 minutes and bless it. But you got to do it. Allow that to be priority. Meditate on the word of God. Find a scripture and keep reading it over and over. And the Holy Spirit will reveal to you that nugget of truth that you need. It happens that way. If we just give it our best shot, if we are just intentional about it. And finally, the Jewish people didn't keep all of that special food and drink for themselves. They served others. So many of you are a part of that. But that's how we, that's how we feel the fulfillment that comes through Christ. It's when we get out of our way, our own way, and we serve as the hands and feet of Christ. That's what joy looks like. Look at the acronym. Jesus first, then others, and then yourselves. See, that, that's another one of those holy two-by-fours. Because during Advent, we get so caught up in what I have to do, what we have to do for the family, what, what presents we have to buy, what... what programs we have to go to, what concerts we have to go to, busy, busy, busy. And that's exactly where the enemy Satan wants us, all messed up in a tizzy that we don't have time to see anything other than our circumstances. And God says, I am your security blanket. Let me hold on to you. Let me be your undergirding foundation when you don't think you can do it anymore. Sit with me and I will give you rest. I am the peace that passes all understanding. Do you hear how God's calling us to a huge paradigm shift this week? We, I, have my focus all wrong. And I concentrate on the circumstances, which just puts it into a tailspin of the blues get bluer. But when I speak the name of Jesus, when I spin, that was a pretty cool, how about that? (laughs) 
When I speak the name of Jesus, when I pause and say, I can't do it, but you are Lord, you are my security blanket. I'm going to keep my eyes on you. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. I am covered by the blood of the Lamb. When I go through that, I'm good. But it doesn't, it just doesn't happen one time a day. I mean, that's an over and an over and an over again thing for me. We've got to claim who we are and whose we are. Now, let me summarize this as the band gets ready. Uh, Here's the good news. No matter what you and I are struggling to overcome, no matter what life issues or uncertainties or Christmas manure come into our path, God's promises show up. Do you believe it? It's true. But we've got to look for them. We've got to be open for them. Christmas is God's vivid reminder that amid all of the Christmas manure, all amid the unknown, God shows up to bring us joy, the love, the peace, the hope, wholeness. That's the good news of Advent.